I may not have all the answers, just most of them. My month has been hell, but I count my small victories like never being dressed as bad as Giselle. Perfect. You guys, we did a little trial run, okay? Because yes. we're both we're both having a case of the Mondays here this Friday afternoon slash morning, depending on which time zone you're in. I think my tongue fell out of my mouth a second ago. Um. I mean, same. I have to say same. Michael Arsenault, who will pretend I didn't just call by name because I'm going to introduce him in a second, just had the pleasure of watching me stare into the computer screen and try to get a tagline to get because I've done like I, I haven't done a tagline for every episode but I would say this is like ep around 381 ish probably done about 360 I would say at this point it's hard sometimes it's hard that is so impressive um I mean or or terrifying hi Sarah <laughs> I want to go with impressive, not terrifying. Um, that reunion was terrifying. Um, oh, God. I feel like we have so much to talk about. You guys, it's Andy's Girls. It's episode whatever. Let me formally introduce a guest who I in formally and informally am obsessed with because we literally have so much to talk about. You know him as a New York Times bestselling author who has written such tomes as I can't dig Jesus, I don't want to die poor, and many, many other things. Welcome back to the people's people, Zoom, Kiki, couch, etc. whatnot, Michael Arsenal. Michael, how are we? I'm good, favorite. How are you? Um, <laughs> we do have so much to discuss. I feel like there's so much going on. And when we talked about having you back, which, listen, you are welcome literally every week, forever and ever. Amen. You requested recording for a weekend episode so we could talk about Miami and what a fucking great move that was. Yes, I'm obsessed with Miami. Um, it is the it is the best thing I was going to say on Bravo, but it is to me the best. It is the premier franchise right now. I want more people to watch it. What would your elevator pitch be for someone who either watched the first iteration of Miami and was like this again, or somebody who hasn't seen any of it and maybe they feel anxious about starting a show that's still, that's now, you know, several seasons in, or they're just not sure. What would you say to them about Miami? Even though I actually watched the original, I would skip right to the reboot um, mm. or even this season. To me, the Miami Housewives selling point is that it is the rich, ridiculous mess that most of us really enjoyed mm -hmm. about the Housewives. And there is a camaraderie between the cast, even as the, even as a beef that I, beef that I don't think you find in the other shows right now. I just really, really enjoy it. I just it reminds me of why I really love Real Housewives, and I love that I don't have to worry about felonies watching it. Amen. Like no criminals involved that we know of yet. I would say you never know, but like I feel better <laughs> I about this one. Yeah, I know. Watch out season six. Um, yeah, there is something to be said about Miami in the fact that the women allow themselves, or maybe this is just who they are, to be so fucking petty yes. about the dumbest shit and still unite on things that are really genuinely life-altering moments that affect other members of the cast. It's like you can't have just one. You can, but it's not going to be as magical as this is. It's like you can have one of those 
But to have both is really, I think, what separates the franchise from the rest. Yes, it just, it looks expensive. It feels expensive when you watch it. I I just, and poor Lisa, I, I will say that, poor Lisa. Bless our heart. I mean, I saw that coming, but bless our heart. Let's start then at the end. What okay. did you think of the last moment between Lenny and Lisa where Lenny is ostensibly trying to <laughs> advise her on how she can best help herself. I've seen a lot of assholes in reality television of every genre. Um, Lenny is up there with like the worst mm. villain I've ever seen. Like he out, he beats Peter Guns, he beats Stevie J, he beats Peter Thomas. Uh, he mm. uh, Peter is a little well, he's a messy. Um, whatever. Um, I don't know. When I watched it, I just thought, what a jackass! And why are you so condescending and belittling? And he seems to feed off of it in a very weird way. Even though he didn't want her on camera, he clearly knew he was Mike. He likes belittling her. I just, I hate him. I don't know if I'm answering the the best. I just, I hate watching him. Um. I felt really bad for her in that moment. And I'm actually really glad she at least has her castmates, but I do find it really, really cruel. And even as an entertaining as the show is and that it's so shocking and all that, I do worry eventually like, what will their kids think yeah. one day when they see this? She made a point about her youngest daughter who's too young to comprehend what a divorce means or a separation, but is certainly affected by the toxic energy in the air. And I have to believe that's absolutely accurate. Even as a viewer, I can tell that house is tense. I'm tense watching it. I'm like, how does that work? Um, well, actually, I have an idea of how it works and it's not I really like I really do enjoy Lisa and I'm not blaming her in any way, but I also thought how much I actually never thought Lenny liked her. Mm. Even from the beginning, he never really seemed to like her. She seemed to be his trophy, which to be, I mean, and I don't mean in a shady way, that could be a lot of that's a lot of people's relationships and the foundation of it. And sometimes that really works. But to me, he got meaner and meaner and more distant. And as a viewer watching it, I know we all like to tell us, you know, convince ourselves of what we, you know, things that are right in front of us. But even last season, I'm like, he don't like her. <laughs> I was like, this did not get better. I mean, I was actually surprised they were still married. Um, and there's just still a level of cruelty of when he's caught on the hot mic. Like, even if you are that dumb and you forgot what was on you, to say all of that when your kid is literally around and can hear I just really hate him um <laughs> I just thought I, like, I just go back to I really hate him I feel bad for her because I think Lisa is actually really sweet and as goofy as it was of her argument with Larsa about a mortgage oh my god right I just I feel I have a lot of empathy for her because like bless her heart she really has been living in a bubble of her own creation for a while and it's sad to see anybody go through that much in real time as glued to the tv as I am to watch it yeah and I wonder from Lenny's perspective obviously he was looking for a certain kind of spouse one who wasn't necessarily a partner but more right. subservient or like secondary who was existing in a role potentially to be genuinely like his emotional caretaker primary parent 
um, however you want to look at that, where as much as she said, like, I handle the finances, it's like maybe you're handing out the checks, but I don't know that she's necessarily like going through the work here with some of the financial management. <laughs> no, she don't know. Right. And so it's like he they were in a pattern and in like, you know, relatively seeming traditional roles in how their relationship operated and now all of a sudden he's mad at her for them it's like this yes. setup this part you are looking for a specific kind of spouse we haven't seen any adjustment if you even look at forgive me for this but like alexis bellino and jim there was a period where alexis is like lol i'm making more money than you and i have actual job opportunities and he's like struggling to catch up but almost open to it and then yes. they got divorced right. with this it's like we never saw any kind of awareness or acknowledgement or interest in in any change of roles here and now all of a sudden he's angry at her for playing the part that he certainly cast her in you know like all of yes. a sudden it seems like he's pissed at her that she's not responding to things in a way that he would maybe appreciate, but it's just, he's looking at an entirely different universe and wondering like, what planet am I on? And it's like, it's the planet you created, guy. Like, right. what are you talking about? You literally helped build her as you wanted to see her. And I mean, even if people want to change what they want, which is not the case with him, he just wanted, it seems like he just wants a newer model. Right. It's the level, it's the level of cruelty. I just, to her, I'm like, wow. I mean, she basically, she gave you everything you wanted. Could you at least give her some common decency? Like, just to act like you're a pest in my house with our kids. I'm like, I'm actually proud of her not overreacting on camera and giving him even more satisfaction. I'm actually surprised because I don't know if I could handle that in real time. It's just the nastiness particularly with the kids. Well, the difference to me in that moment, she walks in the room. She knows that the cameras are there. She knows that she's mic'd. She tells him after asking about the checks, just so you know, I'm mic'd, which I actually thought was incredibly respectful. I don't know. It that was I very nice of that. her. I don't know that I would have given him that grace if I was her. She was in that moment acting as a protector and caregiver to him in the sense of like, whatever I say next, just so you know, I have someone behind me, but it felt a little bit like she was packing heat. She knew she that did. she That's had fair. some, she knew she had some kind of protection there. And she also knew how to potentially poke at his buttons, all of which I think are deserved. Like maybe she wouldn't go up to him without a camera crew and say, listen, you're treating me like a piece of shit. I understand that you have essentially left me. I understand that this is done, but we still have to live together. She might not be having that conversation with him off camera. She may have felt more comfortable in trying to hold him accountable or in saying you're treating me poorly because she knew that she was Mike. She knew that she was on camera. Maybe her saying that to him was a way of saying like, attempt to play the part yeah. or know that there are more people listening and maybe you'll care more about how you respond. I appreciated seeing that because the last few episodes have been, I mean, she's clearly still hurt. I get that she still loves him. And honestly, I think she's in real time grieving the life that she thought she was going yes. to have. Um, so it was nice to see her push back a little bit, particularly because in real time, as we, we've been watching, he's leaking stuff to page six. Mm -hmm. So on top of 
humiliating her and trying to essentially throw her out of the marriage and the house, you're trying to still massage your own image in the press. It's so good for her because I, I hope she gets as much money out of him as humanly possible and makes him as irritated for the foreseeable future as she can because just one last time I really fucking hate Lenny um what a horrible person um team Lisa clearly um <laughs> oh can I just say side, bad aside yeah. I really love Dr. Nicole now now so what I didn't what, dislike what's her your evolution all- been yeah tell me I didn't completely dislike her I I mean I will say um Lars is a lot I do think the way Nicole phrased that initially was a little could be a little off-putting to Larza, but generally I love how Dr. Nicole goes at the OGs. I love the way Gertie mm-hmm. has done it too. Mm-hmm. I really do like how the newer cast members refuse or like I can tell clearly realizing they're a part of this show too. They are the ones that help make this a hit. If it really were relied on the OGs, it'd still be canceled, respectfully. I love to see that basically Dr. Nicole feel her beat and go at these OGs um, with the full force. Because Larsa, I enjoy Larsa on the show, mm-hmm. but Dr. Nicole is not wrong about her being an arsonist. And I actually thought it was really shitty of her to throw that rumor back in her face because... With all due respect, Larsa, um, while I do think um, the OnlyFans shaming of it all was a bit much, that Marcus Jordan shit is weird. Um, (laughs) It is so weird. And I don't think we want to shame people for our habits, our sexual habits, real or imagined or invented especially if you're walking around in that situation. But I just love that Dr. Nicole guns blazing is like going at everybody. And she should defend her reputation because I thought it was really shitty of Larsa to do that to her. Totally. And I also think, you know, there is typically or often talk about tradition. There is traditionally sometimes a little bit of a hesitation in going after, let's say, an OG spiritual or otherwise. And the thing that's interesting in Miami that I think actually helps make you know, a little bit of an even playing field is that the original cast was humbled for yes. nine or so years because the show was canceled <laughs> for almost a decade. So when it's like, you need to respect me because I'm an alum, there is an LOL there of like, okay, sweetie, but like they, they canceled your, your show. Like you've been off air for almost a decade. So when you talk about you know, uh, a sort of an allegiance to the old guard. I think that it does probably help the new generation in this like Degrassi Miami yes. style that like, you know, there was a little bit of a pause there right. like, that kind of helps. helps Alexia, Alexia, grow up. Yeah, like, oh god, Alexia never grow up. She's so fucking obstinate and like she, she refuses. Is. Alexia is like one of those people with or without a camera who absolutely refuses to apologize for yes. anything she's done wrong. She won't do it to Julia for being incredibly inappropriate in her right. incredibly ugly stereotyping of Russian women. She won't do it in acknowledging that when you're on the internet, it's 
helpful to scroll down. Girl, like, scroll girl, down. Oh my God, never <laughs> scroll down. Alexia, when you're fighting with these women, never scroll down because there are such a select few number of housewives who won't pretend in making an apology they don't believe in. It's Fair like enough. you've got Teresa Judice there. You've got... You've got Alexia. I don't think that there is a very long list of people who genuinely refuse to do it. They don't care. Wrong is a word they will never define for themselves. And it's it's honestly, it's so yes. funny. It's so funny to yes. watch. And she is and she is the type that to invite you to her home and she will argue with you. And she's definitely the type who is do as I say, not as I do, because if mm. you bring up if you bring up her son, it is a wrap. She will blow everything up. One more thing about Dr. Nicole that I really Please. like is that in real, now, just from experience, um, and I, I really deeply understand the struggle, watching her, um, it, her ongoing struggle to accept her dad as is and mm. to let go of past hurt is really interesting to watch. Because you can see from a, I don't necessarily know if it's um, not class per se. Her dad is a lot. I would find him amusing too. I, I know what it's like to think other people think your father is amusing, but you actually mm-hmm. grew up and lived with all of that. So you see like what people perceive as a fun side, but then you have to deal with that day to day. I will say she is she has definitely not let go of her anger. It seems like she's realizing that in real time. But I do appreciate seeing someone who's managed to achieve all of success and you know really overcome a lot seemingly but to still in real time struggle to let go but still allow us into that because I still can imagine that's not easy for someone that is effectively kind of embarrassed by their father's behavior because it's really I, I again I do understand what it's like to struggle to forgive a parent for something that they're still actively doing more or less mm-hmm. um but for her to let us into that is like really nice and I feel like it she's at least particularly from the last episode talking to her friend therapist um which is interesting um <laughs> but like that would be a lot but that seems very that also seems like a very rich thing to do so mm-hmm. that's fair enough um you probably be my friend too if you can just pay for me whenever you want um <laughs> <laughs> but I like that she's allowing us to see that. And I actually think it adds a, a layer to the show. I mean, that's also the thing too, for all the rich mess. And even like Lisa's like the, I guess the bigger, the harshest example of real life shit going on. But a lot of them all have layers to them in addition to like the rich mess that I love so much and how they argue over the pettiest stuff. I, I just think the show is such the perfect balance. Um, yeah, I want to be Dr. Nicole's friend, I think. Although I will say- <laughs> Anthony needs to be quiet. Yeah, Anthony needs to shut the fuck up. He should join that guy, that weird Terry guy, who apparently is a doctor, which add him to the list of Miami physicians I do not ever want to visit because his bedside manner leaves something to be desired. But when you're talking about the Dr. Nicole, the father stuff, it's such an interesting, nuanced path that so many of us have taken. The idea of like, how do you meet a parent in the middle see him for who he is and Mm -hmm. not necessarily be triggered by it or prepare yourself for triggers that 
are going to come and still seek out a relationship because I know in my own life, there's a part of me that's like, if I ignore the way that he is behaving right now, understanding or she I could be either either parent that I've had. But like, let's pretend father stuff. Like if I if I withstand the way this person is treating me or just an environment in this moment because I want to have a relationship with them, am I being untrue to the child in me that remembers the consequences of that behavior, that remembers that there is a really real and true cost to myself, boundaries, safety, like whatever it is. How do I go about continuing to have a relationship? Because I know it's important and it's also important to me noting that there is going to be a level of maybe intrusion or boundary breaking. And the the me as an adult is a different person than the me as a child. But like, we're never really all one or the other. And particularly with the alcohol issue, I will say, yeah, Alexia in the confessional as um, she's, I mean, it seems it, it seems a lot simpler than it really is, but I actually think it's as simple as she says. I think she would be a lot happier if she accepts her dad. I distinctly understand, particularly when it comes to alcohol. She was very much embarrassed that he's usually drunk on camera. Mm-hmm. She's trying to have a conversation with him. I've written about that in my um first two books, particularly my first, that kind of struggle of having a parent that deals with um alcoholism and how that kind of manifests in the ugliest of ways. But my dad is my dad. And in real time, in more recent years, um, I realize we only get older. Life is a lot shorter than we all think, um, or even shorter than we think. And, you know, there are moments where, like, my dad, the same thing. He actually, you know, when I go home for, like, the holidays or any time, he wants to buy me some alcohol that he knows that I like and drinks. And that's his way of showing um, affection and as much as I try to fight that, that's just kind of meeting someone where they're at. It is, it is, again, it's, it's harder because it's particularly when you're holding on to your childhood memories or even some not so, you know, adult memories, uh, distant adult memories, people are who they are. And when you can accept that someone isn't going to change and you try to love them as best you can. And from, and for, in that situation, I think it's, um, not still setting boundaries when need be still holding someone accountable when duty calls or like the certain but I think sometimes just kind of being like you know what that's who that is and the more anger I give to that that's me holding on to something that I can't change and I will say Nicole genuinely does seem like a very happy person all around but that is a really sore spot to watch with her and I do think Alexia is right. Like, I mean, on her own time, but I think when she just meets him where he's at and accepts it, like, he's just going to be the lit dad at the party that sometimes just says these things. And maybe you can just kind of, all right, enough, or hit water, be quiet. But other than that, he's going to be like that slick 80s Miami character. And I think the sooner she just kind of understands she's going to get that, including, I mean, I know that's a little dicey, but also accepting his girlfriend girlfriend crazy girlfriends Oy. 
I, I I hope that she gets to the point where she can um let that go because I think she'll be a lot happier. Alexia really did have a good point there. Um, besides yelling about everything else and being loud and wrong, she's so funny. <laughs> I'm I mean, like honestly, I there isn't really a bad pick in the bunch, but I do think when it comes to the Dr. Nicole and Dad stuff, and it's obviously a process that she's working on, and she acknowledged some of the very yeah. things that Alexia said in you know uh this most recent episode but there's the idea of defending your trauma there's the mm -hmm. idea of like i get that you think he's really fun but but it wasn't so fun for me when i was a kid and it's not actually so fun for me now and there's a little bit of a mourning i think that takes place for many people in acknowledging that you know your parent isn't necessarily going to change in the ways that you hope they were there isn't yeah. there's always the idea that there will come a moment of normalcy or not maturity because that's truly not what it is but uh or growth or happiness appreciation respect for each other and maybe that will happen and it'll happen in different ways and it'll be expressed in ways that maybe we can't necessarily appreciate or listen to because it's not you know, perhaps our chosen, our first language here when it comes to relationships with parents or primary caregivers, whomever they, that person is in, in someone's life. But I think, you know, Dr. Nicole is obviously doing the work. And some of that work is like trying as best you can to take a deep breath mm -hmm. and appreciate, which is different from like withstanding, right? Yeah. Appreciate this person in front of me. You know what? Maybe he is fun. Maybe he is mm -hmm. out of the universe and wild and crazy. And how many people in this room have parents who aren't special in that way? Maybe there's a way that yeah. I can actually appreciate and smile or or eye roll whatever it is that you have to do to like survive it but maybe also there's the potential that like I will open myself up to enjoying him in a way that I potentially couldn't have been able to when I was a kid because there was such a huge consequence to that at, at, when we are adults we are able to leave if we need to we don't necessarily have that op option and that safety when we're young and i think this is the thing that dr nicole is dealing with and it's it is i think meaningful to a lot of us to see this play out it's very connective for me at least yeah i just have a much better appreciation for her as a housewife and just a yeah. person character on the show um i liked when she told him to be quiet when he tried to get a little too deep for her drunk yeah the i know secret that thing that yes. secret thing was tough that was perfect. Like, nope, I'm going to have a good night. Nope, not Zip on it. camera. Zip. Not on camera. You're not telling me anything. Leave it to my coworkers to ruin my night, not my father. Yep. <laughs> I'm at work. <laughs> Truly. But like, I can tell, you know, Larsa, who isn't there because she got her mirror. But like, I can. That was I amazing, can, by the way. I can. Sh I know it was. <laughs> I can show a reflection to Alexia later on. I can show a reflection to Larsa and say, look in this mirror, unfortunately not one that came gift wrapped, but like, look at this mirror as I tell you the reflection of your behavior on me or on yourself. You can't always do that with your parents. And there is a freedom in doing that, at least with the members of the cast, where you can truly say, go fuck yourself. Yeah. And the consequence there is probably, well, we're just not going to be friends, you know? Okay. Is, is Larza becoming my problematic fave? 
I honestly, the thing with Larsa is that like, I enjoy her so much and it's so easy for me to say that because I'm not a physician who signed a morality fucking contract. So like, there's no consequence for me if she said something shitty. I just, I, I find her so deeply enjoyable to watch because yes. there's a certain kind of housewife who's in her bubble, but who is also very smart. Like Larsa's quick. Larsa has some Dorinda in in her of like, don't come near me or else I'll swallow you whole. But she's also pretty fucking intelligent when it she comes is. to advising Lisa and being in the group. Like, I, I don't know that I would buy into any kind of, you know, Larsa's just like a dumb dumb. I think she's very smart. She's obviously also in, she's, you know, doing the work and is very successful with OnlyFans. If if only you know, she didn't tell Dr. Nicole, like, wait until you've got a job or something. She was like, well, I'm running a small business on like you. And it's like, ma'am, she is a doctor like that. That did require a little bit of effort for her as well. Um, she couldn't just yes. open up an app. But I, I I don't know, Larsa, man, even when she's doing the most, I especially then I'm like, fuck, Jesus, she's just so good. Because that, that teacher thing is very classist and elitist. I, it, it, it's annoying. Which that, teacher thing? Remind me. When she keeps throwing that, um, you divorce the teacher. It is, um, it is a very particular shot at Nicole that is snotty. It's like, I do think Lar Lars is a lot smarter than people give her credit for. I've actually yeah, She's opened, also ugly. She, I've actually openly encouraged people to watch because of Larsa, not in spite of. <laughs> But but you're right about that Dorinda thing. She really does. If if she feels in any way you diminish her, she chops your head off in that Kardashian s voice. Um, I actually love the way she lights up Adriana. Um, but I didn't. I don't love the Doctor Nicole moment. I was actually hoping they would get along, but I don't think that'll happen anytime soon. I it might not because of it might not, and it may have something to do with possibly. I don't know that I, as I say this out loud, that I believe it, but like maybe a little bit with Dr. Nicole's lifestyle, maybe because Dr. Nicole does have all of that wealth behind her because of her, you know, success, because of her, her fiance at this point's success. And she also has that education and that professional success. And maybe there's something there for Larsa to unpack. Obviously they feel similar. A few of them should the unpack other. it. <laughs> Yeah. And I, you know, I, I don't think we can discount Larsa's six. I don't think you have to discount one person's right. success over the other. And that's the trap they're both falling into. Larsa has done an amazing job with her divorce settlement and her apparently pretty feet. Um, I did not realize people spent that much on feet pics. I need to get mine as pretty as they can be, as they used to be. So I need to pay off that last loan. Um, There's literally no hope for mine. There's literally no hope for I mine. wish you would leave that teacher done. thing alone. I was like, I get what you mean, but be quiet. Um, it's, a, it's a needless jab, but I realize, and I guess now we see, she's been carrying that bone at doc, about Dr. Nicole this whole time. She really pissed her off and she just was waiting. I, I'm so curious to see how they go at each other at the reunion. Yeah, and the Scotty Pippen stuff is interesting because I couldn't know less about sports, but I love watching like documentary style narrative storytelling. Mm -hmm. And when I watched that huge, the Jordan, what was it? The five or some, what was, what was the name of the big? The, the last dance. Did I miss yes. it up? Okay, yeah, I yeah, no, you're right. The last dance wasn't a huge part of it. Or was this a different documentary that I was watching docu-series where they were talking about how like Scotty was like jokably 
underpaid that like he yes. could have made so much more. And I just can't stop thinking about it when Lars is talking about her prior life and her current life. And obviously she's making a ton of fucking cash right now. But like, it's not like Scotty was making like Jordan sneakers money. You know yes, what I'm saying? Yes, like, they were comfortable. They were like nice and rich, not as wealthy as he could should have been for an NBA player. I forgot exactly right. how much he got paid. Also, Larsa looked like a completely different person back then. So. <laughs> I mean, who didn't? Who, if you're on Housewives, you've gone through a face and at least upper body replacement. Scotty, cl- Scotty clearly collected in his post years or something. But um, <laughs> I'm actually amazed still by her transformation. I know that's old, but it is really something to behold. Yeah, I mean, I don't think it's anywhere near as shocking as like Kylie Jenner, for example, who just has an actual different face. Like, I think some of Lars's stuff that's has fair. come from age and like maintenance versus this person before me has just an entirely different body top to bottom versus Larsa where there's like 40% OG Larsa there maybe or 30, 36. I don't know. We do love Larsa. You can tell. She actually looks amazing to be honest. She looks incredible. They all look incredible. They do all, they do all look incredible. This is the thing about Miami. I have not heard from anyone, regardless of like, oh, it sucks that this person said this thing. I'm upset that this person exhibited this behavior. I'm annoyed about uh, certainly the rumor that Larsa was trying to amplify that was like a single DM and misunderstood at best. Um, You know, obviously there has been, I've, I've received messages from people upset about that, which is completely understandable, but I don't, I don't even come close to even honestly being annoyed by anybody in the cast. I just think this cast is like so fucking good that when they misbehave and act out, I'm just totally sucked in. There's no one I actively dislike. They're all, they all contribute something, even Marisol and her rumors and props. Um, I will, I mean, I know it's a Peacock original, but I strongly feel (laughs) that it should be on Bravo. And if they did bring Salt Lake's, back they should put that on peacock and let that figure itself out but then again people probably would actually not subscribe as much if it were just salt lake i'm really disappointed in salt lake i could let her go to be honest well i mean before we pivot to salt lake i don't want to get your thoughts on i just need to shout out just genuinely what i thought was we're in what january still of 2023 Mm. What will prove to be in the top five scenes of the entire year? The symphony of yelling with this fucking guy who I don't feel bad for at all. He is a he's billionaire, heard, he's heard worse. famous lawyer. He is so, so embarrassed, doesn't know what the fuck to do. I love to see a man with that kind of success and power feeling audible, expressing audible <laughs> discomfort. Like, I'm glad he's embarrassed. I, it gives, it feeds me, it feeds my spirit and my soul but that moment of all of them just screaming at each each other when he's like what the fuck am i huh let's move on huh and then dr nicole gets out because alexia is like oh he he cost between five and seven hundred dollars an hour my friend like he's being paid to be here oh uh, okay well let me get some more of your time whatever the fucking line is and goes and gets out her black amex and like throws it on his lap it was there not a better that was more incredible moment than that was literal art i put it on instagram stories last night set to hallelujah like (laughs) i was like only buckley will understand me in this moment it was the saving grace 
of Housewives for 2023. That's my kind of rich bullshit and carrying on. She literally was like, I got it. And through which he's a family law lawyer in the state of Florida. I'm sure he's heard worse. Oh my God. Yeah, but I think there isn't. He was uncomfortable and it was cam- amazing. Yeah, and there was a camera crew there. I don't think there's usually a camera crew there when there are a bajillionaire screaming at each other, but I was so fucking glad there was. I loved, loved his, it. At one point, he just looked into the, the distance like, what? <laughs> he was trying to separate himself from his body in that moment. He was like a practicing Scientologist for two seconds. He's like, how do I escape my thetan and like rise to like whatever original, whatever the fucking top layer of that money stealing pyramid is like i i i was into it i was dr nicole is the moment dr nicole is the moment but so is fucking everybody yeah that's true everyone i can't get past the scrolling i can't get past alexia being like i was right i just didn't scroll down and marisol in that moment not being aware (laughs) that was the update it was just honestly iconic it was so literally i literally screamed i was like alexia that is actually it may that's an alexia thing bless her but um oh my god bless her but i was girl scroll down you started all this you started all this shit just go and you still won't say sorry very big very big teresa energy very big teresa energy but honestly better because she's she is it's a brighter situation than like it's funny because alexia knows she's wrong She doesn't. She's not wrong. She just did the wrong thing. That's that's Alexia's reasoning. I'm not wrong. I just didn't complete the thought. I was right because of the information given to me because I didn't know that I could scroll. Now that I mean, normalize, change your mind based on new information. That's what Alexia is doing. And she's like, you can't you can't hold me accountable. I my best intentions of like potentially embarrassing you were based (laughs) on data. It just it was incomplete. But I can't be I can't be penalized for that i didn't do anything wrong i just didn't do enough right it's not my fault i failed at embarrassing you the way i wanted to ciao ags i am speaking to you right now from rome italy where i am having a little bit of a european adventure while i love the city and have had so many unique experiences to historical sites the vatican we went to the pantheon earlier today there was a little bit of a hiccup in the apartment that we're staying in and while i really enjoyed getting to know Fabrizio, the owner of the flat, there was a little bit of a language barrier because I unfortunately do not speak any Italian, even though I have watched The Sopranos all the way through at least three times. And this is where Rosetta Stone comes in. What would have helped me enormously in traveling abroad would have been brushing up, also known as entirely learning, the language of Italian. It could have broken down barriers and conversation with Fabrizio. And I also think speaking the language of the place that you're in is a sign of respect to the locals. It's also the ability to fully immerse yourself in the experience. And me not knowing any Italian, apologies to my grandpa Reno, who did make pizza from scratch, it would have been an incredible and even more incredible memorable experience. Rosetta Stone is the trusted expert for 30 years with millions of users and 25 languages offered, including Spanish, French, Italian, that's right, German, Chinese, and even more. Rosetta Stone immerses you in so many ways. There are no English translations, so you can really learn, listen, and think in that language you want to learn. It's designed for long-term retention, which is especially helpful for me because while this is my first trip to Italy, I really truly hope it won't be my last. 
The lifetime membership that Rosetta Stone offers has all 25 languages for any and all trips and language needs in life. That's lifetime access to all 25 language courses that Rosetta Stone offers for 50% off. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, AGs can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash today, today. Ciao. Hey, AGs. Are you ready to add a touch of luxury to your home, just like the Real Housewives? BCC Villa Rosa. Um, introducing Home Threads, where style meets comfort for the ultimate glam experience. Picture this. Chic furniture, one could even say chic c'est la vie, that mirrors the elegance of your favorite housewives' mansions. With exclusive designer collections and a curated selection, HomeThreads.com has everything you need to make your space as fabulous as the housewives themselves and always at the best value. Unlike Joe Gorka's initial attempts at windows, perhaps. Now, I have to tell you, I know that Padma is no longer on Top Chef, and may her memory be a blessing, but nothing has made me feel better prepared to host future seasons and potentially even iterations of Top Chef Upper East Side Edition than the Henkel's clad 10-piece stainless steel cookware set in silver that I got along with a two-piece stainless steel ceramic nonstick fry set from Zwilling thanks to Home Threads. It makes me feel like I am finally ready to be a top chef one egg over easy at a time. They're gorgeous. They look great in the apartment. For someone like me who lives in New York City which with a very small space, what I have in my kitchen is important because guests who come to visit me see it. And I'm so, so thankful to have discovered Home Threads because now I feel fully prepared to make eggs a la Francais. Head over to homethreads.com today and live your best Real Housewives life. Go to homethreads.com slash andyscrolls and get a code for 15% off your first order. Again, that's homethreads.com slash andyscrolls for a 15% off code off your first order. Home Threads, love where you live. Well, and speaking of a failure that relies on embarrassment, I guess we should pivot to Salt Lake. Um, season <laughs> season three is almost done. We've almost survived it. Part one of the reunion allegedly happened. Um, tell me what you're thinking. First, I just want to start off by saying on a previous episode, I said I was Team Whitney and Heather was, uh, well, I was actually not Team Whitney. I was actually understood Heather's point of view more than Whitney's. Um, yeah, how that live up. Uh, I do think Whitney, <laughs> not, not to mean Alexia, um, I do think Whitney was being messy, but in the end, it was, it's all Heather Gay. Um, I can't, um, this season really sucked. I actually skipped a lot of the episodes. Um, I did watch you, that, I did watch self-care. that finale, which, what? Okay. Um, the reunion was honestly boring Mm, that was the best thing about it yes um i now really wish i got to see the real reunion at bravo con that everyone got because i can tell that was a lot better 
But um, okay, Heather. Um, I've been listening to the show, of course. Um, I find it really disgusting that she insinuated that she got socked in the eye for laughs and giggles, and then just couldn't remember. I'm glad Lisa Barlow reminded her, I'm like, you literally not only play with violence, but you mess with people's jobs. You made the crew's life a lot more difficult than it needed to be. And um, just to be blunt, I think Heather is really full of shit and unlikable. Um, with Meredith, you don't like Lisa Barlow, but stop pretending that you don't. And honestly, when it's only really four cast members and three friends, at least two of which we probably don't need, but one and a half, um, at some point, when do you try to actually engage for the sake of the show? Uh, I am just very curious to see how this show continues when it's only four main cast members. Most of them don't like each other the most interesting people who were part of the cast are both gone. I don't know if they, if they would actually bring back Mary uh, Cosby, but I'd rather see the alleged cult leader than the known fraud. Also, I'm glad, I mean, I know it hasn't come up yet, but the blase attitude that Meredith and Heather, but especially Heather, continue to have about the victims and what Jen has been now convict confessed to doing, convicted of and sentenced is really fucking nasty and irritating. And while I know ultimately we're watching the show as like a soap and all of that, these people have to at least not only be likable, if not likable, at least seemingly human. I just think it's really nasty between toying around with violence when nothing apparently really happened and you just were blackout drunk. And then kind of still being very flippant about what Jen has confessed to on top of being boring and having nothing going on, including that bullshit party for the book. As an author, God bless you. It's bad enough to me, which I get it now, when people even do a press front about a book cover, but I get that in terms of biz. But to have a whole party and there's no book, girl, what? I just don't feel like any of them have anything going on in what I actually see and how they actually deal with Jen, which actually has really blown me all season. I'm sorry. I know innocent is proven guilty. Um, I do get that, obviously. Um, but did we not know how this was going to end? And I'm really curious to see how Meredith answers the question of, you went from gloating in the tub about her being arrested to, eh, whatever, Jen's a really fun person, or whatever the excuses they have about still defending her. I just, there's really never been that any that remote, that much remotely likable about Jen, even before she was a confirmed froster. She's nasty, she's mean, she's flippant, she screams all fucking day. I, I'll stop now, but I just really... On top of them being boring and having nothing going on and not really willing to work with each other, they're going out of their way to be really overly nice to somebody who steals from old people. Well, it's like the ultimate irony that Jen is deserving of 
empathy and grace when they're not also willing to apply that to the victims whose lives she ruined. I mean, there's like a there's a throwing away of all of this and just a resignation around the fact, well, let you know, this person was a terrible friend to me and I'm possibly still afraid of her. But all of that being said, as I sit here in front of cameras, knowing the biggest critiques against the two of us are around our denial of legal and actual fact that is the only story that we are interested in telling and it's like i don't want to take away the worst part of this is the idea of just writing off their very 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 active and continued support of jen Mm -hmm. and their very happy ignorance of the very crimes that meredith at least at one point was interested in acknowledging like they're in real time on social media, on Heather's media tour for her book. I got messages today from Canadian AGs who are watching her do her press tour where she's completely disregarding her behavior and impact, which was incredibly triggering to people around the eye. Her behavior on the reunion doubling and tripling down on all of that, potentially manipulating and lying around very uh, more sensitive areas in which to evade responsibility and be held to account. And with the Jen stuff, it's the easiest target to hit in terms of just even allowing for the fact that, God forbid, breaking news, Jen Shaw might be imperfect. And they're not really willing to give her that. They're still saying, Lisa, if you're telling me that Jen Shaw, a woman who just changed her plea and pled guilty to lying and defrauding people might have said that I did shrooms or special K or whatever the fuck it is. I'm going to call her up because I still feel like she's going to be a reliable witness or narrator. The simple fact that they were both happy and present to have that conversation and do so so loudly and actively that the other side of the couch even like whispering that's not great is still being drowned out like we shouldn't all just like roll our eyes and be like well they're full of shit like we should genuinely actively say that because they're making the active choice to continue this and Meredith is a lawyer she knows exactly what happened because before she made an alliance with Jen she cared enough to read about it Heather knows who Jen is and maybe there's a part of Heather that connects to the toxicity that exists in Jen but I am not as a podcaster or anything else I'm not going to excuse their behavior by saying they're just complicated people in a difficult situation with a woman who is like really evil and dark like they're actively doing the work people need I think just my personal two shekels people should be actively calling that out and not forgetting it they want us to disavow Jen's crimes so that their responses are easier to forget it's like you know, what is it? This is a terrible, but it's International Holocaust Remembrance Day. So now I'm thinking of Elie Wiesel, who wrote Night, Holocaust survivor, who we all know, who I actually heard at my temple speak when I was young, um, once famously said, the opposite of love is not hate, it is indifference. And right, what Heather and Meredith are trying to do in real time is to push the idea of indifference. Like, 
that is psychotic to me. You should be yes. calling out. If you can't call out this person who you know is a piece of shit, that no one, Heather, when it comes to um, uh, talking about um, uh, potentially Angie K conspiring to talk about maybe issues with Heather's business, all created and started by Jen, Heather doesn't say, wow, that's a terrible thing that Jen did. Heather says, Angie, why would you go along with it? Like, no one is acknowledging the actual evil here, and we're focusing on indifference and ignorance, which is translated as apathy, and really shows an awful lot about Heather and Meredith, and none of it is good, and we're all going to fucking remember. I don't know what Heather is thinking, openly being dismissive of someone convicted of the type of crimes Jen has been and and is actually trying to sell books. I'm like, who's going to buy your book when you're actively being this poisonous of her? But they would have, I can't think, I'm like, are you that desperate to be liked or popular or whatever the feeling is that you are, you have a, that that distorted view of friendship? Whatever it is, is really ugly. With Meredith, it's, it's almost as if you just sided with Jen because you dislike Lisa so much and you chose the side and you're just stubbornly sticking to it no matter how morally wrong you know it is and you just expect us to be as detached and as delusional as you and to your point it's very telling about both of their personalities whatever it is the choice to just so actively be again flippant about jen it's just really weird i just don't get it as a viewer i don't understand as someone trying to sell books i i, I don't understand it the problem for Heather is that she's she's struggling to understand that she's no longer on a likability tour. The problem for Heather is she thinks she's still on a likability tour and now she's trying to sneak in forgiveness. I should be forgiven for the things that I maybe have done or have not because of the very reasons I'm selling the book. She has repeatedly on social media made light of people continuing to be concerned because she wasn't providing any information. What she provided to production at whatever point, she certainly decided not to provide to the audience. And it absolutely had nothing to do with the fact that it hadn't been revealed at the reunion yet. She decided in real time that it was more important to carry the weight here of people's concern and upset about how she handled this situation, the narrative she tried repeatedly to create. And instead of really taking responsibility for that, I felt like she was being more manipulative. And it uh, to me, it was, was no mistake that the very book she's trying to sell is the position she took in joking about her eye and telling people you'll find out perhaps when you buy my book February 7th. And the fact that the idea of shame here as a Mormon is the reason she chose repeatedly to cast suspicion on on members of her cast she didn't like with glee if you exist in a if you came from an environment or situation of shame of amendus, uh, a tremendous control and harm and isolation i'm not taking that away from you but that doesn't give you the right to gleefully try to manipulate production and cameras to raise suspicion of your cast members being complicit in physical violence, knowing what happened in regard to the situation that took place, and doing that over and over again while also making being a survivor 
victim of physical violence and LOL. Like this thing that she's expecting us to believe that is a marker for her of shame, she herself decided to utilize as a vehicle of shaming other people who were much more than likely entirely innocent, who were also genuinely asking her if she was safe and okay. So even if I take her at her word, which I think genuinely comes from a place of medium at best manipulation, like at best meaning like with as much empathy as I can provide for her in saying she really did feel shame about this, even though my instinct and I put up a poll and it was like literally 90% of people felt like she was full of shit in what she shared during that moment. I did. (laughs) I mean, it's like, even if I take her at her word that that came from a place of truth, which I have to tell you, my gut instinct is that it did not. You still have to look at the way that she used shame to silence, quiet, manipulate her cast members, including agreeing with Jen that the best way for people not to ask questions of Jen was to talk about this moment that Heather endured. For Heather to say, in the ways that she says Jen's crimes don't matter, even if Jen hit me, I would be doing the work to help her and to also the implication there as she did actively um, try to pin the crime here potentially and i'm using crime in quotes on other members of the cast it is all bad it is she is the book is called bad mormon i I don't know how to make heads or tails of it because i i don't know that i'm going to read it necessarily i'm no longer in the audience that would be interested but you just have to look at who heather has shown that she is to say that like what she said on the reunion is not near enough and i don't think it was honest it was she's going out really sad and honest like when she did that and some other things like that that reunion it, i'm i'll finish next week just out of boredom curious but i'm kind of checked out of the franchise i just i'm che- i really am checked out um and i i was hoping heather and meredith would give something even just a small acknowledgement of like they we should only have handled care about that indifference. Better. Yeah. They only care about indifference. I don't want to watch that. I wish Lisa Barlow well. And Whitney, I'm sorry. You were right about that Heather situation. She's the bad portion of the weather. Um, I'm not there with the show. I just I, I just want my um my mojitos, um, the crab cakes, that's just what I call them. Uh and I'm guess I'm waiting for Jersey, although. I'm tired of them fighting, but I'll leave that alone. <laughs> it's never going to end. They're, they're, this is not like the end of that journey is what we're sounds like we're going to get next season. But yeah, it's like, how do you push back on indifference when that is? But it's not just indifference. Like Heather, the yes. problem here when it comes to the I stuff is like Heather wasn't being indifferent to it. She's being indifferent to it now to try to evade responsibility for what she did before. But I don't I know that. You know, she's such a prized treasure for the network. They're not going to drag her as they would any number of other housewives exhibiting problematic behavior. They're not going to do it. Andy's giving her a light touch. They're not making her. Ryan uh, uh, Ryan Bailey noted this on social, which I agreed with. Like, they're not showing her the um, all the receipts when she says, I didn't say that or I didn't mean that. And you can obviously see the counter yes. as it happened. It was like pure as it was absolutely obvious what she was doing. They showed that to us. We're not the ones that need the reminder. We can't mm. depend on Lisa in real time because, again, Heather and Meredith are going to be indifferent to it. So, like, what do you do knowing that 
Heather's not going to be honest and she's also pushing indifference because she wants us to assume that this was just a bump. Maybe this is not just a bump, but like this is who she is. She's actively indifferent, guys, not just about Jen, not just about the I, about all of it. She wants us to believe it's an LOL and she uses physical violence, the idea of it to sell a book. And then she's telling us, I I still don't know if that happened, but she's making jokes about it. Then she says she didn't want to, she wanted an investigation. She did not. She obviously didn't want the investigation by the audience to end in real time because she thought it would help her sell a book about surviving shame when she is actively creating it. I've enjoyed Lisa Rinna more than Heather lately. So I wish Yikes. production That's... all the luck with casting um, for the next season. I think production should go fuck themselves. There are no, the executives are saying in real time, Jen, uh, we're giving Jen a fucking promise ring and uh, she still has a potential home with us. No, that's that is as much of an indifference. It's like where the head and the tail here. It's like the snake is feeding itself on us, apparently. But like, I don't know. I don't know. They can go. They can all go knock rocks. I have minimal expectations of a of a television network. Um, so I I mean, when they dangle that, I'm like, well, that's a network. But honestly, I mean, she'll be gone for a long time. I'm, I mean, long. I could Not be long enough. I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure her television career is over unless she's going to be on a, fucking marriage boot camp. Apparently, she according would, to the preview for next week. Wait, <laughs> I was actually if anybody would hire her, maybe it would be Zeus or ETV. Is she really going to be on marriage boot camp? Well, I don't um. think that she and Coach have made the pitch quite yet, but but she would uh, do that. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, apparently they're dangling by a thread, and maybe Coach knew, and maybe she changed her plea to protect him, which is frankly an excellent um, uh, pushback marketing strategy. If I was Jen in cahoots with the two members of my alliance to figure out how she can sort of get away with some of this. It's it's the Teresa defense, except I believe what happened with Teresa and Joe, it was fairly obvious and apparent this shit of like, I was just being a loyal wife when the federal government is like, here's a decade here of your active crime, but we're now pretending she's back to being, in her eyes, the realest real housewife. I don't know. I think that's so fucked up. She's a fascinating scammer, and that is fucked up. I um I saw them flirt that out there, but I didn't know it was to that extent. She's a horrible person, and she's I, a horrible person. And I could never see her again or hear about her. Um, and also, what was the newsletter she she's trying to launch? Girl, leave us. She alone. put out the real story of Jen Shaw because when I was in the I'm not giving you my said, data. <laughs> When he said repeatedly, you cannot monetize your crimes. And she was like, copy, got that. What she took is, I am going to solicit new leads. And I actually heard from an AG who sent me a screenshot that um, in the, <laughs> this is so fucked up. And I actually forgot to post this on social media. So I'll do that today. So you guys can see what I'm talking about. 
But like in the setup of their URL, like you have to choose the kind of website that you're creating and they chose e-commerce. Like you can look up what your Genshaw, like Genshaw.com is. And this genius AG, shout out to you. I'm so sorry. I forget your name, but you know who you are. Sent me this message and was like, look at this fucking shit. Like they created e-commerce. So if you guys haven't heard at the very start of the reunion when she was trying to drum up as much attention as humanly possible. Jen announced the creation of this website called Dear Jen Shaw so that she can tell her story without editing. And guess what, guys? Instead of actually releasing it, she's decided to genuinely actively search for leads by saying in order to get this forthcoming video or whatever it is, you have to give her your email information and and interesting timing for her like the day after I guess the New York Times put up I think it was the New York Times put up a huge feature on like why giving your email information to anyone potentially bad actors is like a horrifying bad idea but she's looking for leads it's we don't know if it'll cost money or not but it if she's created this website potentially as a e-commerce vehicle I would assume that the contact information she's collecting will be used for something at some point following this dumb, fucking, ridiculous, god-awful launch. She is Trump University. I want no parts. She worked for Trump University. I remember I remember hearing <laughs> that. I was, of course she did. They got sued for fraud. She got, she got her bachelor's degree there, and now she's going for her doctorate. And she will have time to pursue that doctorate in being a criminal because she's going to have at least five years of study. She's going to come out of prison more strengthened. She, Jen I believe Shaw that. Is, she is never not, I hate double negatives. I use them all the fucking time. She's never not going to pursue crime. Jen Shaw, yeah. for the entirety of the rest of her life, is going to actively be a criminal. She's going to pursue fraud as who she is as a person. She's going to pursue fraud in trying to convince housewives, the team, the network mm -hmm. that she's changed, LOL, if you assume that they would want that to happen, which arguably they may well not, she is going to look for ways to manipulate and lie and deceive. You don't necessarily need to bankrupt thousands of vulnerable elderly people to be a criminal. Jen Shaw is going to be a criminal for the rest of her life because she has given us no evidence that she is not. Weeks after being sentenced and being in that courtroom where she's taking everything seriously and she's coming out of this a new person and she's talking about the ten tenets of Tongan culture and how she's disappointed her elders. Wait until her fucking elders find out that she's looking for additional leads of contact information. She could have put a video up on YouTube. She could have put it on her Instagram. She didn't. She's monetizing her crimes because her crimes are her reality because her reality is who she is. Regardless of it's terrible timing for Heather and Meredith, but great fucking timing for people who want us to call out their active indifference because look at the person they're defending. Yeah. She's still trying to steal. And that says an awful lot about their disinterest in protecting the victims and now also their fans, by the way. Yeah. Their fans are the people who are going to send in their information. Not necessarily the relatives of people who she defrauded. They're, it's the act. It's Salt Lake City fans. It's Bravo fans. Jen is now trying to defraud. And 
you gotta wonder to yourself why Heather and Meredith don't give a shit about protecting anyone, including now us. I feel really bad for Jen's mom. I will say after watching one of those scenes we probably didn't need, and I feel especially bad for her kids because I agree, she's not going to stop. You you can see it in her. Like she, well, she's actively this is doing who she it. Is. It's who she At is. At her core, she doesn't mean she's a, doesn't mean there's not some good stuff there. It just means yeah. that she knows how to utilize the good stuff to continue to do a lot of bad. It, it's not like I'm giving up on Jen. I'm just acknowledging who she is. She's a criminal. Like she's yeah. going to be, you don't need to, you don't need to get a felony to be a criminal. Jen's just done yeah. the extra work to get that gold star. It will always give criminal with Jim Shaw, Jim Shaw and Scammer. She's a scammer to her core. It's you guys. It's okay. It's okay. We can talk. We can talk about that. She's a bad person, guys. She's gonna defraud for the rest of her life, and maybe she'll stay married to to Coach. Maybe she won't. Will I give a shit? I'm quite certain I will not. Like, do I honestly care if he was involved in this? Like, yeah, because he should be held accountable if he was. But do I? Am I like bearing witness to the reveals that Heather? And Meredith are trying to to share because their friend Jen had to call out sick this day, you know, because she was like sick of defending mm. her own bullshit. She had some granny she needed to bankrupt. I don't know, guys. I don't know. I'm not sure. I'm indifferent, I guess. I guess I'm, just, I guess I'm in, indifferent at this point. I've, I've learned I've learned from the goats there on that fucking left couch. I'm disengaging. Um... They were two. They were my two favorites. And uh, yeah. and you know what? Like Heather sent me a fucking apology for some of this shit, but she unsent, which I talked about on the last episode, which she unsent and, um, you know, unfollowed me a day after and a nation mourns. I don't know how I'll ever survive. She thinks she's still America's sweetheart. Maybe there's a small core group of people who are interested in continuing that narrative and God bless them. I think that's great. I think that's great. It's unfortunate I'm going to miss out on that opportunity and I'm I am truly, I'm devastated by it. I, I can't imagine how upset I am. Can't, can't. Someone needs to tell me. Heather, you're a flop. But Lisa Barlow, I'm thinking, I'm thinking of you. Um, good luck with that show. Prayers to Lisa Barlow and prayers to everybody fucking watching this show because there's no voice of the audience left. There's no middle ground. There's no humility or humbleness. We have Lisa Barlow, who is a camp icon, which is different from being like, yes. <laughs> the voice of the audience here, guys. Like, fellow Lisa Barlow stands like let's keep it a hundred here you know like she's she's speaking truth and I appreciate that but there is a Heather gay hole not a K hole maybe but something else <laughs> that's missing and Whitney's not gonna fill it she's not um Lisa Barlow's not gonna fill it Meredith could have filled it but she's no longer here so I, I don't know they're they're fucked because they're gonna try to to get more jen shaw's criminals or otherwise they're gonna try to get more big personalities big casting news to try to get more energy in that room and the problem is that they need a new heather gay and heather gay probably isn't interested in giving up her spot you know oh no they are gonna go the thirsty route of course they are, because they think that they still have Heather. And the problem is they don't. The problem is that, like, the tides have turned so heavily. Like, you can say, I, I don't hate Heather Gay. I absolutely don't. I actually feel a lot of empathy for her, but it's wrapped in frustration. And, you know, it's like she's shown us too much. Like, the her indifference is so loud that I can't 
mute myself to it. I would be doing her work for her. And I feel like I've already done that. I've like, you know, check that, you know, item off the list. So they've got an agenda here when it comes to casting. I highly doubt they're going to figure it out. I think they're just going to try to work as hard as possible to repackage her. And I guess her book tour will be successful in that way. I'm sure she'll change a few minds. Um, she knows how to convert. Oh, I'm realizing Salt Lake City is my new Dallas. That's really sad because I'm not going to look at it. <laughs> but they, you know, they're not in the position that Dallas is in where there's like no path forward. There's just going to be a wrong path. That's the problem. It's like Dallas reached so, a point. A slower death. <laughs> yeah. Or maybe it's going to be like a rebirth. But at the end of the day, are we going to forget the former life? Or are we going to, what they want us to do, what Heather and Meredith want us to do, what the network wants us to do is just to forget that this happened. And that's why I think Andy is doing, is on a difficult, he's got a difficult job that he's attempting right now, which is to attempt to hold these people accountable, but do so in a way that doesn't entirely remove the idea of like them being likable again in the future for people who currently feel like they're not. And that's tough because it it means that we're never going to get that thing that we want because some of these cartoony-esque or archetype style um, positions on the show may not necessarily be replaced. I wish Andy loved because I'm... I'm pretty not I'm pretty much not interested um in any future seasons right now. I'm I'm kind of checked out. I just really don't enjoy Heredith. Um Meredith, I combine the names. Heredith. Heather and Meredith. Heredith. Oh my god, Heredith. <laughs> I'll just actually say that. I'm not into Heredith. <laughs> let's do it. Let's do it. Let's do Heredith. I'm into Heredith. I'm into Heredith. I'm not a fan. I'm glad I have my Amy, but like that's I don't like it. I don't like what they did. Everything you said, I just, I'm I'm so turned off. I really don't want to think about Jinshaw anymore, but I'm really just turned off. Meredith and Heather, Heredith rather, Heredith. Are, are charismatic people. There is an element of, oh, I can't say grounded. There's an element of something there that I am attracted to, which they're able to manipulate, again, into pushing indifference. So like now I feel like I have to check myself when I feel empathy for them because there's such a huge cost to that. And I know that they're like actively trying to manipulate me. And I also know that like worst case scenarios are being incredibly dishonest and disingenuous. And when it comes to some of this stuff, it's just like not enough. It's just they literally called up Jen Shaw to be like, Jen, tell us the truth about taking pills. Like, that's the worst thing you can do when this woman just is is shortly going to be sentenced for a decade long grift. A 92 year old World War veteran died by suicide as a result, according to his family, a direct consequence of the upset and hopelessness he felt when Jen ruined his life and stole his life savings like i had no we're idea. gonna call her up because we're pretending pills are the worst thing that happened here i had no idea wow um as a human being i just find when they did that really shitty but even as a just a television personality i just still don't understand how did you think that was a good idea not that you should necessarily behave by way of the audience but clearly especially Heather self-produces and Meredith self-produces and again I just to think that that was a good idea at, at that stage of everything you really thought that's who we wanted to hear from that's yeah. who we should believe 
and that you're going to look favorably to the audiences or even to your coworkers. <laughs> and that moment that you're going to call the fraud, they look like jokes. I'm not, this is what I mean. Like, even as a television, you're not good at your job right now. Like, you really need to figure this out up because I'm, as a viewer, and I was really into Salt Lake City when it first started, but this season yeah. has just been, I was already put off by how Jen was being treated far too nicely, all things considered. And then just sheer boredom, but that reunion, it's just, I, they've learned nothing. They're quite comfortable in like, like really dis, despicable way of thinking. I just, I don't know. I did not really, I had no idea um, someone actually lost lost a suicide to I, I did not know that that is at least one person and it's the very kind of vulnerable person the very reason that Jen Shaw went after a certain community of vulnerable people is why some of these people lost so much more than others who were affected because they were vulnerable they were older they were potentially com computer illiterate which enabled Jen to steal more over a longer period of time. And it also meant that that very vulnerability that she exacerbated in order to defraud them and bankrupt them left them even more vulnerable yeah. to how they would feel as a result. Like they, there are texts, it's all in this Nightline guys uh, uh, special that you can see on Hulu with ABC News where they talked about that uh, the gentleman who I just mentioned, and there were interviews with two, two other, two other victims of her fraud. One of whom has um, uh, cardiac issues, which killed her mother and brother, and isn't able to take care of her health. Isn't able to um, help herself because Jen stole the, um, you know, savings that she had. All for fake bags. I. And that's the person that Heather and Meredith think to call over pills. It's like, we can't even pretend that pills are like in the top 10 of bad things that have been alleged about somebody on this show. But even if they were, even if this was truly every episode was filmed inside a fucking church, like even if these people were in their best behavior and that was the absolute worst thing, the person that you are going to to vouch for your reputation is Jen. You have to really think about that. The person that Heather and Meredith want to vouch for them is Jen. What does that say about the kind of reputation they currently deserve? Like, what yes. does that say about them? It says nothing good. It's why there has been this record-breaking fucking, like, huge 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 arrow going down when it comes to audience affection and understanding for who they are because they keep telling us and I'm not going to participate in the kind of ignorance or indifference that they are so actively asking us to Heather is on a fucking book tour right now taking advantage of people's support in order to by the way bury the bad shit she's exhibited she's asking us to like manipulate ourselves into believing she's the Heather that she was that maybe she could be again but it will come at the consequence of like cognitive awareness and accountability for what she's done this season. She did not 
I don't think she was speaking in a way that came from a place of honesty when she was talking about her eye. Like, I'm so uncomfortable saying that. But I acknowledge that, like, the way she was able to manipulate physical violence to try to shame innocent cast members, I'm seeing that continue and the way she's trying yeah. to silence people with tears. You know who else did that this season on Salt Lake? Jen Shaw. So you really have to start asking yourself, why is Heather so closely aligned with this person? Is there a way that they see each other? Is Heather just simply repeating behavior aspects of it she's seen from Jen? Or is this just the kind of person yeah. she's attracted to because she sees herself in it? This is the reflection in the mirror. This is the Dr. Nicole gift of like, here is the thing that I'm giving you to see yourself. Maybe Heather's doing that, just not in the way she intended for us to see. But P.S., she's got to sell a fucking book. Good luck with that scammer without the felonies. I don't see it working. I think she's going to be a New York Times bestseller. At a certain point, she has such name recognition. And you can cancel a pre-sell. Like, if people pre-ordered her book, you can absolutely cancel it. But, like, I don't know. Maybe you want to read it. Like, no, no, that's on you. People have every right to read her book and appreciate it and enjoy her. She was able to monetize it because we saw ourselves in her and now she's weaponizing it. And that it is what it is. The broader appeal of the content might help, but I, I'm very curious to see how this book does in light of her not being so likable right now, because I think I do, if I'm not mistaken, that did impact Nini's book release years ago. Oh. She wasn't as um, loved at the time when the uh, book came out. That was when that kind of was a shift happening. Um Yeah. I'm curious to see how Heather does. Um, hopefully she gives you an apology and doesn't take it back in the future because... Oh, I'm sure I'll never hear from her again. That's fine. We see each other. I got it. She she sees me as probably a little bit of a bitch and I raise my hand. I can be. I can be like... I can be really sharp and really cutting and when I'm like posting on social while I'm watching apps because I'm like really upset. And that means that sometimes the filter that other people are much better at having, I'm less great at. <laughs> There's a little bit of Larsa in all of us. <laughs> there is a little bit of Larsa in all of us. And there's like a little bit of, I don't know. I don't want to say there's a little bit of Jen in all of us because that's so fucking dark and bleak. And I don't think in any way true. But there is the idea that uh, the way that different people express themselves about what they're seeing, it can be inhibited or not. I've, I've yeah. done both. As the weeks have gone on, it just makes me feel more and more gross and Heather's not interested in that which of course she wouldn't be if someone was saying a third of the stuff that I've said about my reactions to this episodes un unfollowing someone is like the least that I could do so I don't begrudge her for that but I do begrudge her for the way she's misrepresenting um her intent in some yeah. of this stuff focusing on an impact she doesn't seem to care about like if I thought I if if I I don't I it's so dark it's like so manipulative and so dark and depressing and uh i'm just so sorry for people that were triggered watching that are still triggered by her behavior and um and the book could be very good genuinely the book could be a great book it could be an interesting book an important book for people who are or found themselves or still are in positions similar to the way heather was i just wish she was there was a, a better author writing it i wish there was a better person behind the book and um, maybe this is the lesson that like when you choose a spiritual housewife, be careful of what you wish for, because I, I don't, I don't know if I found myself connected to the Heather that we're seeing now, I would feel so sad, um, because there's such a loss there, I think.
that she's like taken away from some of us. Maybe that's what's behind yeah. anger. I don't know. I just wish her a more honest future than her present in which she's selling a book all about taking a more honest path. I think that's probably very difficult to figure out when you're doing a book tour. And uh, I mean that, ge- I say that genuinely, I think it's probably very difficult to figure out how to go on a book tour when we know way too much about the cost of your honesty, of your version of truth. I got nothing for Heather besides stop lying and be better. Good luck. I don't even give it a look. Stop lying. If she can disregard the amount of active harm Jen has done for thousands of innocent people and continues to do now, she can disregard a few harsh critics. That seems to be one of Heather's gifts is to completely ignore any element of reality dealing with accountability and her complicity in that. That is a survivor tactic that she has been able to weaponize to seeming success. So maybe she can utilize some of those skills. Uh, I'm sure the network is highly invested in her figuring it all out and, um, you know, watch what happens. She can be dismissive, but she really does like to be liked. And the volume of people mad at her is pretty, it's only growing louder. So I can imagine she might not change overnight, but I can't imagine she's not taking it in on some level. Or I, or I could be wrong. She could be that detached and delusional. But I feel like it's going to have to seep in sooner than later than like, we're mad at you. Not everyone, but an, enough of the audience is displeased. But, but genuine question, how do you course correct if you were her? How do you say like, I fucked up? And the reasons I said on the reunion were coming from a place of honesty, but like maybe they weren't complete. If she were the Heather that I thought I met at the beginning of the show, she would probably say it something to that effect in her words. The way she's acted since the beginning of the show and definitely this past season. Yeah. Um, if she leveled, if she if she just honestly said, I made mistakes, I was being loyal to a friend, I didn't take it in then maybe she could have that redemption arc that I'm pretty sure she's going to pursue soon. But I don't know, right, as of now, she's capable. She seems really deep into the the presentation of her excuses um, that she gave us at the reunion. But um, I just can't imagine. If, yeah, she needs to level with the audience and herself, but I don't know if she's there yet. But I actually am not interested in waiting to find out. Like again, I'm really, I'm really turned off from this season. It was not good as a show. And when I when you just hit me on a level where like I'm actually questioning your basic decency, not whether or not if I enjoy you as a character on a show in the villain whatever binary. Um I just I don't. I don't really fuck with y'all. Like y'all defending a scammer who robs old people. I just, I always go back to that point. There's no humility from her and there's even less, there's no humility from you all. I just, I don't like them right now and it's boring. So I don't really want to watch people who bore me and I just dislike them because they trivialize crimes and violence. It just, it doesn't look, it doesn't feel great. Um, Again, good luck to the production with casting because they need it. Because I have a feeling they're not gonna go to bring Mary Cosby back. That's all I want. That could be that could that could scan me to watch again. But as of right now, I'm not. <laughs> I'm not there. Sorry, Lisa. Yeah, I just have to wonder for like the left hand side of the cast. It's like you wake up 
you don't know what happened. Okay, that night and wherever the fuck they were, I forget. And Heather realizes this is like the power move that she has to use and she relishes in it. I don't know how we're able to unknow that kind of information. Like she yeah. realized it repeatedly as a way to embarrass, silence, and shame her cast members while also saying repeatedly that they may have watched or known what happened and also said on the reunion, well, I was hoping that it, by mentioning them, they could potentially inadvertently, I guess, or actively trigger me into remembering what happened. Guys, none of that makes sense. It doesn't add up. Like, it, it really, truly, instinctively is not honest. It's not. It, it doesn't take away from what Heather has experienced in her life. And I'm sure very real and continuing potential shame and trauma. But what she's trying to do right now is to shame and traumatize other people into maybe accidentally, uh, I don't know, sidestepping into a place where she can f- hold them accountable for something they had nothing to do with, which involves physical violence, which she also joked about repeatedly and then tried to use to market her book. Like this, that's the kind of person that we're looking at to hopefully help carry the future of Housewives, if not at least her franchise. That is a heavy load for all of us to carry on Heather's behalf because she's simply not up to that job. Tacky and late, but buy my books. I don't lie. Um. Buy Michael (laughs) Arsenault's books, both of which I own and have read, both of which are deeply enjoyable and interesting, insightful. If you want to hear about someone who has a true, honest, and funny voice that's not also going to come at the consequence of minimizing and dismissing thousands of victims of someone who was convicted in federal court of a decade-long crime. You don't... It's yes. like, when it comes to guilty pleasure, how about you read one of Michael Arsenault's books, which are going to bring you no guilt, just pleasure and insight and truth i cannot more highly recommend it i've read both of them as i have said repeatedly and highly recommend it so if i had a book club which i do not because we did it one time years ago it was life on the ramona coaster and it was a delight but if i did have a book club michael arsenal you would be at the very top thank you sarah and um yeah good luck heather i guess i'll wait to see if she made the list um (laughs) i think she will i don't see how she couldn't she has name recognition. It's like she would have to have really, really. It, it's like the amount of privilege that she has and the position that she yeah. has. The the bar is so much lower for her to get to the very top than it would be for an emerging writer or someone who wasn't yeah. also on a reality TV show and had a couple years behind them as America's fucking sweetheart. Like I'm expecting that it will be a New York Times bestseller in about a minute and a half. Or she'll be crying like, um, what's her name for Vanderpump Rules? Um. What was her name? Nastasi. She made it. Lola. Wait. Lala? Lala. Lala. Not Lola. Lala. Did Lala not make the... I don't... I don't. She didn't. I I remember there was... Well, because I will be tuned into Vanderpump Rules this season. I kind of gave up last season, but there was an episode where she was very sad that she didn't make it. And I feel bad because it's not the end all be all. Um, But... You know, um, yes, name recognition will boost her. Being a housewife will boost her. But even when you're famous... It can be really hard to sell a book, especially in this climate. So she will boost from name recognition, but also just for any author, especially somebody already that has a fan base, you wanna you wanna cater to that fan base by um being likable and not 
doing awful things so close to your release date. I'm just very curious how standing in all of that at the reunion will help her in any way. Because I do, I will say, um, I haven't read the book, probably not now because I'm not really rocking her right now, but I think at the core, she wants to have a good message about her experiences, but you also want to show the public, whether they like you or not, that you are someone that has changed from the bad things done to you, not um, repeating the mistakes. <laughs> and sometimes in really gross ways. I just, I'm just, I just, as, again, as, as a television personality, as someone trying to sell books for the life of me, you're so, you, you should know to tuck in your awfulness. But um, she seems to think otherwise. So, um, well, she's she's expecting that we feel indifferent to it. Yes, which again, I'm like, people can be cruel, but most of us aren't that bad. No one is like very few people are that bad. But um, boo hiss, Heather. I'm mad at you. I'm disappointed. Yes, I'm disappointed. Well, we'll see. I mean, we'll see what happens. But again, guys, if you're looking for a good book to read, you got to read one of Michael Arsenault's and also by one, I mean both. Um, Michael, tell the people where they can do that a little bit more about those amazing books that you've written and, and where people can go follow you on social. I can already hear the AGs going, not you doing this again. Um, I can't date Jesus. <laughs> It's also about religion and identity and being held captive, but um, I don't defend criminals. Um, I don't want to die poor. Um, is about economic instability, but plot twist, I don't scam old people to pay off my student loan debt. So um, <laughs> Spoiler <laughs> thank alert. you again for letting me plug. Um, I just, uh, I'm sorry, not to go, but I just, I cannot believe Heather thought that was a good idea, even as a bookseller. Book she still girl. does. She might be successful at it. She, my, I might be the one who is probably wrong. I mean, I, I'm not, I know I'm not, but like, I, you know, she might, she, this might be a helpful strategy to her. What, what other strategy does she have? She doesn't want to say what the fuck happened. She learned from Jen. It's technically spring other. market, I guess. When, yeah, good luck, girl. Um, it's easier, not easier in air quotes. Um, thank you for having me, Sarah. Anytime, Michael Arsenault. And guys, if you want a little bit more of what we got cooking over here at AGHQ, sign up for the Andy Scrolls Patreon. Number one way to support the pod. You get exclusive bonus episodes and so much more. Uh, Patreon.com slash Andy Scrolls. Follow me on social at Dame Galley and you'll see why Heather unfollowed me the other day. She also, P.S., prior to that, asked to send me her book. And at that point, she was floundering on the show. And I was very interested in reading it because I was curious about um what was in it I my guess is that package is one I will never receive um but you know if anybody reads the book I'm curious for your thoughts it just it the cognitive dissonance of it it's that's the the chapter missing that I would probably be focused on but um, you know non-celebrity to reality star um it's never a good idea not to send a popular podcaster who directly appeals to your audience a book but again that's oh not, no that's i'm not, not i'm business. not upset about it oh no i know, <laughs> you know you're she should fine that she, she should, should save that postage she should, she should know better but again good luck girl you're gonna need it um Listen, all around you know i don't know maybe she maybe she i don't know i i i i'm curious for people's thoughts once they do read it unfortunately um, you know, I would rather spend $30 honestly on Uber Eats, but you know, best of luck to her. Like genuinely, I, I'm sure it is a good book. As she said, it is her life story. The problem is I'm, I'm focused on her current one. Oof, well said. Who knows which Heather will get 
next season or in the future. Hopefully, you know, the one that we fell in love with wasn't as much of a fraud as her best friend. And we'll see what happens next season. You know, I I wish her the best genuinely. I know she's coming to New York for her book club and to appear on some pods. And, um, you know, there we are. Heather doesn't live here anymore, but she's coming to New York. God bless. A lot of great stuff to do here. A lot of great stuff to do. Thank you for never supporting liars and scammers. <laughs> oh, no, I do all the time. Are you kidding? They're just guys I've dated. <laughs> I mean, sliding out. Well, please, please. <laughs> I have bad taste. Are you- Talk about to cognitive dissonance. <laughs> you would think. You would think. Um, listen, guys, I hope you're all doing okay. What an episode, Michael. Thank you so much for coming back. This was Thank a complete joy. Me. And, guys, we will chat with you soon. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.